Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who had never seen Survivor before started from the very beginning, watched nine seasons, 41 and now 42. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we're going to talk about this week's special two-hour merge episode. And we're welcoming on a special guest, Adel Rafai. Welcome, Adel. Hello. Thank, Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, so as we ask all of our guests to start off just like going in so we know like what your level is with Survivor, what's your history with the show? Have you watched from the beginning? Did you watch a bunch during quarantine? Like what's the deal? Yeah, so I started watching starting season two, which must have been around the year 2000, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think I missed season one and then it was such a phenomenon. It was so in the zeitgeist and I was just starting off in college uh, at Illinois State University. So I think I was like, I don't know what's going on. Everyone's talking about this show. I must I must watch it. So I started on season two and I've seen every single season since then. Uh, I definitely I think it was season two, the first season I watched. I definitely had a crush on Elizabeth, uh, who is now Hasselbeck. (laughs) Uh, which is unfortunate yeah. uh, for many reasons, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always loved the show. And then um, while I was in college, my uh, I was in an improv group there called Improv Mafia, uh, and all of us would meet weekly whenever there was a season on. All of us would meet weekly, and we would do drafts. Sometimes we would do like a blind, just pick names out of a hat, and those names are your person you're rooting for. I think sometimes we put money on it. People would buy buffs and we like we would create dances during the opening uh, credits with like the chant song and everything. So, yeah, I was I was very much once I w- started watching it, once I was in it, I was in it. And awesome. uh, I've uh, I've loved it ever since. That's super cool. That's good, because there's a, a question I have later during Travel Council that Patrick and I don't think we would have the answer for, but you might be able to answer for us. Because we So we've only watched we during quarantine decided like hey we've never literally never seen survivor before so we started at the beginning and then when the new season started airing we stopped watching the old seasons and started covering those and so we've seen the first nine seasons and then we've mm-hmm. seen season 41 and season 42 so there's like this huge gap in the middle like literally we've never seen immunity idols be used until season 41 because they're not introduced yet up to season nine and so like gotcha. there's just all the stuff that we're just like kind of catching up with like okay is this how it works we're not sure we have some friends who've watched everything also but yeah yeah i will say just to sort of curb expectations i will say i've watched 41 seasons of survivor i've watched every season of top chef i've watched i think almost every season of big brother so names for me are oh, yeah. like <laughs> i made myself a little cheat sheet for this for this podcast where i'm like even this current cast i'm like i still i watch with my fiance Gemma. And I'll be like, uh, muscles over there, you know, muscles. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, Jonathan. I'm like, yeah, muscles. So, so, uh, just so you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be pulling names out of hats. Yeah. I'm always yeah, bad with fine. names too. Patrick's the one that usually has those down. Classic Do you, uh, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Do you, uh, do you have a current, like, are you playing fantasy with it this season or anything like that? I'm not, I think it's, it's this season has been really tough to be like, this is my person I'm rooting for. I think probably Mike is my guy right now. I think that's a good pick. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's been such an interesting, and we can get into it more, but I feel like this season specifically has, usually I'm like right off the bat, I'm like this person because of their their unique personality, because of what they do for a living, because of their whatever it is, their game moves. I'm like, this is my person. So this is a this is maybe a first, or, or maybe this has only happened once or twice before, where starting the season, I'm like, I don't know who to root for. And even this deep, I'm like, I think I want Mike to win, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I was re-watching some of this episode with my roommate earlier today, and she asked me, like, who do you want to win? And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I like hi. I like Jonathan, weirdly, because he seemed like from the beginning, like we'd read, read like all their bios before the season came out, and his bio was just very much like he's like a meathead. And I was like, I'm not going to like this guy. But <laughs> he's, I don't know. <laughs> He makes me laugh because he's I do really like Jonathan. I actually hope he does pretty well, but I do my uh, Gemma and I make fun of him because every time Jeff says something to him, he does like a clasp hands and then like a like a namaste bow. And I'm Mr. like, Mr. Jeff. Yeah. Where I'm like, I can't get over this. This is so dumb. Uh, I, w- I will say like <laughs> typically like I don't know if you see saw the uh, did you see the uh, was a Gabon Gabon season in Africa? No, not yet. That was one. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, immediately like day one, when they when he got off the boat, there's a guy named Bob who was like a 50 or 60 something year old college professor with a bow tie. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah. as soon as I saw him, I'm like, that's a guy that him, him, everyone look uh, him, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> so that's that's usually like I can't even help it. I'm just drawn to someone. But again, this season is for whatever reason, I just can't. Uh, nobody's kind of uh, hitting the sweet spot, but I will say this episode made me like almost everyone where there were certain moments between characters and conversations and gameplays where I'm like, I now like so many people. Mm-hmm. It's still tough to, to, to pick a front runner, but this episode w- I thought was one of the better episodes I've seen in a long time where it just made me feel endeared to a lot of people, uh, especially like in conversation with each other where I feel like Jonathan and Mike had a really nice conversation on the beach and like Roxroy had some good moments. And yeah, so I, I feel like this episode was was pretty great. You can't say that you like don't know anyone's names and then just name drop half the cast. <laughs> well, like I said, I have a little. Uh, oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> nice. The uh, I think the editing this season has been really good. It helps that like the tribes are all even going into this episode. So like last season, like one tribe just won everything. So we just never saw anything from that tribe. And yeah. this season, they're all pretty equal. So like we've gotten to know everybody like somewhat equally, but then like the editing I think has been really good to, and the fact that it was a two hour episode helped so we could like slow it down and take time, like seeing these conversations. Yeah. I was, uh, I was really impressed with this episode, which we'll get into like the details, but the, I still hate the hourglass twist. Like mm-hmm. it's awful. I yeah, really, bad. really despise it, but I loved this episode, even though it had it in it. And I was like, that means that they did a good job because I like enjoyed yeah. it, even though yeah. the main point of it was awful. I have a theory, which is I think because the, the the you guys said you watched last season, right? Forty one. Mm-hmm. So that that's when I introduced the the um, hourglass. But I have a theory that I think one of the producers was like romanticizing the idea of smashing an hourglass. Like they just couldn't. I don't know yeah. if they played a video game or what, but or like like a Zelda Phantom whatever. But I, I feel like they have this image in their head of like somebody smashing an hourglass. Like what a what a beautiful fucking image. Like that's that's ratings, baby. So I feel like they couldn't let go of that. And then they shoehorned in what it would do, like the twist of it. 
And, and now we're just like stuck with it. I, yeah, I don't think it's a good twist. I think it's, it fucking sucks for each person who does. I think the last woman, last season, the woman won, but it seems like such a hindrance for whoever is stuck with that choice. Yeah. Cause half the tribe is mm-hmm. going to be against them. So I just, I, I very much dislike it. Bring back to me, bring back the auction, the food auction uh, to me was the best thing ever in survivor. And they stopped doing it. I don't know, six, seven seasons ago. Yeah, so, so we're still seeing those, and it's great. Yeah, yeah I love the I love so those. Love those. It's so satisfying to see someone who's who's emaciated, who hasn't eaten in 28 days. It's so satisfying to see them like eat a plate of Oreos. And uh-huh. like it's just I love it. I love it so much. It also is really this is like maybe a little sadistic of me, but I really love uh when like someone saves all of their money the entire time and then ends oh, up yeah. just getting nothing, nothing. Oh, it's so <laughs> just a, great. A bowl of camp water. Yes. Yeah. They're uh-huh. like, I'm playing it smart. And then they're like, you fools, you, you fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into the episode a little bit. Um, before the challenge, I don't really have noted down that like a whole lot happened. We get a little bit with Vati after last week's tribal council, which they talk a lot about how they're a strong for while it's very clear. They're not a strong for, <laughs> Uh, and they don't trust Chanel mostly. Um, Mike specifically says he will never trust Chanel ever again, which, you know, I don't think he should, but yeah, valid. I also think that they should have voted Chanel out last episode uh, yeah. for this reason, because I do Daniel true. is kind of bumbling and Chanel, I think turns out in this episode, it doesn't work out, but like, I think Chanel had more potential to go out and work something against them. Sure. You still yeah. could, and we don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, Ika, we don't get a lot from either. They kind of just show us that Tori is kind of low on their list of people at that tribe. If I may. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time Tori's on screen, she Tori is one of the people. I feel like it's very rare in real life to meet someone like this. Tori is someone who absolutely 100% with all her willpower, even if she tried, cannot hide her emotions and it's not that it's i I don't think even the expression where's her emotions on her sleeve is apropos it's more than that because every time someone says something and she dislikes it every time she's she feels slighted her face contorts in a way that's like cartoonish Mm -hmm. and it and she's just so uh she she's a great villain for this season i do hope she lasts longer so we can continue to like vilify her but she i just feel like she's a she's a hot mess and when she diagnosed last a few weeks oh, ago, yeah. when she's yeah. like, he's uh, what was it? He's uh, not bipolar. She diagnosed someone with uh, nar- narcissism. She's yeah. like, he's he's textbook narcissist. Here's da, 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 da. And it's like, just because you're a therapist, you can't diagnose somebody you've known who's playing a, a social and mental game. You can't diagnose them to the world like that. Like, it's it's just bonkers to pull a move like that and like ruin someone's outside the island life like i i don't know i i very much dislike her yeah she did that with yeah. like a couple people in that episode it was just so yeah. unprofessional i was like that's mm-hmm. not how a therapist should act yeah that I is am, wild i am grateful that she has like become such an obvious villain that like i think she was talking about roxroy in that moment i don't think roxroy's life is going to be like impacted by tory's opinion of him which true, is- yeah. The the more we see her, I think the more it's like, oh, thank God, no one's going to take her seriously. Yeah, especially this episode. Like, what we do see from them before the challenge is just Tori berating him of like, mm-hmm. what <laughs> happened? What happened? What's going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. 
Um, so we head to the challenge, which uh, is kind of the start of this whole episode with the hourglass twist and everything like that. Um, and we, <laughs> Jeff talks to the camera and says, like, he goes through how he's changing up this challenge. And I was like, all right, let's hear it, Jeff. I've been wondering how you're going to change it. And he's like, big change. Applebee's. Yes, like I, I cackled out loud and I rewound it because, yeah, it's very rare. Jeff speaks directly to the camera. Like, I guess more and more it's becoming commonplace. But for him to just like dead serious, be like big changes are coming. He speaks like a politician, by the way. Big changes are coming. Applebee's. It's going to be huge. Applebee's. It's a big <laughs> deal. And he's like purposely trying to make his dimples go deeper in his face. What a handsome guy. I laughed so hard. And then but then when he told the contestants like the level of cheers they had was wild which i yeah. get it like they've been starving for like two weeks so they're going to be happy for anything yeah, but yeah. Right. so <laughs> i i wanted to ask both of you if you had been starving for two weeks and were offered food from you know a subpar chain restaurant what restaurant would you hope for this is easy for me and i'm going to get some some hate i'm sure for this long john silvers to me long john silvers is oh. the pinnacle of fast food their chicken planks are uh, God's little nuggets that he blessed upon us. Um, yeah, no hush puppies. Come on. No contest. Long John Silver's. That but we're talking wild choice, <laughs> especially because they fish for fish there. So it's just like, what are you going to get? Fast uh, chicken. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, chicken, I guess. Basically. Chicken planks. Uh, oh, if we're doing like fast food, fast food, I'd have to say Taco Bell, even though it would just. Mm. I love Taco Bell. You'd be out of commission for a few episodes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I didn't say it had to be fast food. <laughs> I know. Applebee's oh, I, is I, not I fast thought you food. said fast food. The, the Applebee's is fast casual. Correct. Here, here's what I'll say is I love, like I said, I'm a big, uh, uh, big, big brother fan as well. And they do this on big brother where it's like, they'll wait until the house guests have been in the house for like four weeks with no, no the, it, it, I don't know if you've seen big brother. They can't bring books. They can't watch TV. All they can do is sit in the house and like play the game, which is like have conversations or scream or yell. So they'll wait till it's been a month and nobody's had any stimulus. And then they'll be like, the winner of this challenge gets to watch ABC's new hit show, Dog Dad or whatever it is. <laughs> and, then, okay. and then and then they'll show them watching it and they'll cut to it afterwards. And they'll be like, that was the funniest show I've ever seen in my life. Dog Dad, 10 out of 10 stars. I can't believe he turns into a dog and walks himself and cleans up his own shit. Like it is. It's clearly a super bad show, but they pawn it off on Big Brother because they're starved for content. So they'll immediately give an A plus to anything they watch, which I think is what Applebee's is doing, where it's like, right, these people are legit starved. And then they're going to eat our chicken wings and be like, this is the best thing I've had in my life. And it's like, well, it's recency bias. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> or they're going to eat if they're a Jonathan, they're going to eat like five cheeseburgers oh yeah i mean that guy's got he's like a built like a pro wrestler he's got a got a fuel up yeah i know that was supposed to be an example of a bad show but i'm going to be thinking about dad dog for a while well i hope to cast it soon uh it's been living, <laughs> in, it's been living in my brain for 30 years and it's time i put pen to paper so with this challenge they draw the rocks how like they can see that there's this big boulder that has to be moved so like how just like demoralizing does it have to be to not have the same color as jonathan when they turn the rocks over truly he, especially a, when like jeff has been talking jonathan up at challenges yeah. like it's you want to be on jonathan's team yeah it is I, I feel like more and more and i don't know if it's out of boredom but i feel like more and more as the seasons go by jeff will pick someone and they'll be like 
wow, Tony is kicking everyone's ass. Tony's amazing. Tony is like top of the boards. Tony's really uh, succeeding where others fail. And the people are like, please, Jeff, shut up. Like yeah. you are, you're fucking my game. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, I guess I just have to hope that he hypes up other people and they just edit that out. And they're just giving yeah. us like the Jonathan love edit. But like, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, no, no, he's not like <laughs> and it is deserved. Like Jonathan is a beast. Yeah. And, and he'll do a, a other side of the coin. He'll be like, look at Gloria struggling. Gloria can't do anything. What it, dead weight. Gloria's dead weight. And it's like, okay, we know who's going home next. Yeah. That was Heather last season. And she ended up yeah, actually yeah. making it a while, but man, he oh, that's right. Yeah. Dragged on her. Um, yeah. So this challenge go like there was a similar challenge to this last season. I feel like it was this challenge. It was, was it the, the exact same thing. It was the exact same thing. And it was like for this fake okay. merge. Mm. Um, yeah, so this was also nice to just to see them like interact differently. This was a really good challenge that made Mike look good as he helped uh, Drea get up the boulder, literally like climbing up his back. And there's, yeah. can I just say, there's no way to look cool doing that. No. When he, yeah. when, he when he starfished on top of the ball, I was like, buddy, this is going to be <laughs> on your tombstone. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that made me like Mike that much more. Like he, oh, yeah. he was putting everything out there mm -hmm. for that team. Uh, for people that didn't know, that was that was great. Mm -hmm. And he, go oh, ahead, please, please. I was just, oh, I was just gonna say. I think my I think the reason, if I'm really digging into it, I think the subconscious reason I like Mike is because he looks like a 1920s boxer. Like he, <laughs> like he looks like Jack Dempsey or so, or like Rocky Marciano. Like he just looks like a like a New York 1920s like tough street tough. Yeah, he he is a retired firefighter. And I, I also watch with a group of friends every week. And one of them has mentioned, like, he looks like he is on, like, you know, New York firefighters, the TV show. Like, he yes. is the epitome of firefighter. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think his accent adds a lot to that. Just like he's got that strong yeah. accent yep. there. I, uh, we mentioned that, like, not being on Jonathan's team would be demoralizing. This challenge was a lot closer than I expected. It's because like, the Mike Yeah. The puzzle, they like Marianne and Lydia. Lydia were like you could tell watching them like they were taking their time. I did not like Marianne in this puzzle thing. Like at one I point, I think Jonathan recommended like, "Hey, why don't you flip the yes. pieces over?" And she's like, "I got it." Yeah, it's like the guy who's won you the last like seven challenges is like, "Oh, just little tidbit, no, no shade." Uh, maybe flip over the pieces while you have time. And she's like, uh, fuck off, dude. And it's like, he's carried them on his back literally for the last several challenges. She had one other bit of like sass too. Cause hi says, uh, you're doing amazing, but don't get comfortable. And Marianne's like, thank you for the reminder. It really means a lot. I'm like, Oh, Marianne's <laughs> getting sassy. I want to see her like blow up on somebody sometime yeah. this season. Oh, it's going to happen soon. I think. Um, yeah, but they, even though they go slow on the puzzle, they had a huge lead that they don't lose it and their team gets the win. So that was Lydia, Jonathan, Marianne, High, and Tori, who currently have immunity. Um, and then they decide to save Lindsay and then not swap out for Roxroy and send Roxroy to exile. Um, I, though I hate the hourglass twist, I still hate it. It is slightly better with this, like, you know that that person is going to get power and you have the opportunity to get that power instead. That is better than it was in season 41, mm -hmm. even though yeah. I still don't like it. Plus, yeah, I think I Jeff agree. like hinted a lot more at this being very powerful, like so much so that they thought something was going to happen. Like 
a little bit later in the episode, Drea theorizes the exact twist that happens. Yeah. She's like, I bet he's going to be able to just change up who won. And it was like, I saw a meme online of from the Lion King when it's like Simba and Timon and Pumbaa and they're looking up at the stars and they're like, what do you think they are? And like Simba and Timon say like something stupid. And then Pumbaa says like the exact thing of what like stars are like dying, like cosmic dust or something. <laughs> it was like that Dre just like pulling this theory out of nowhere. And it was exactly correct. <laughs> I, I love also when they, I think it's, is it before this challenge? No, this is after the challenge. Wait, this is, uh, this is before they smashed hourglass, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a moment with Tori that's very funny with Tori and Roxroy that I wanted oh, to comment on. But we'll yeah, that's that. that's at yeah. the start yes, of yes. the next challenge. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So from this, we head straight to Applebee's, where we get to like hear the menu listed off, basically, as they enjoy mm, all mm, of this wonderful food, mm. eating good in the neighborhood. I love Jeff is like. It's like, and you'll be enjoying Blue Lagoons or whatever. It's like Shark Cum or whatever drink they're drinking. <laughs> I mean, the drink did look good. I would devour it. I things. will be honest. What I was making fun of it. And then the minute I saw it, I was like, I want one of these. I mean, even the burgers looked great. I was yeah. like, maybe I need to go to Applebee's. Yeah. I tell you, I just went to Applebee's last week with our dad uh, and it was fine. It wasn't bad. It was better than I expected it to be. Did you get one of the whiskey bacon burgers, though? No, I tried to get a like prime uh, like beef like dip sandwich and I ordered it and she immediately said they're out of it. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I had a very panic order some other chicken sandwich. But it was okay. Wait, (laughs) Patrick, did we hear your restaurant? Oh, yeah. I said Long John Silver's. Uh, Chris said Taco Bell. What was yours? Uh, I think that I would have said like Olive Garden. Oh, and that's smart because unlimited bread sticks. And also you can get like a to-go entree for four bucks or something. Yeah, I went to <laughs> well, Olive yeah, Garden. I, I would hope that I wouldn't have to pay for it on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff would give you his credit card that has his name on it. That's what <laughs> that he did in the be, early seasons. Honestly, that would be one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. If at the end of it, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sated. That was amazing. And then someone's like, uh, I'll just leave this with you all <laughs> whenever you're ready. And they're like, we have no money. And they're like, well... You see him doing dishes to pay for it. Or if like Jeff gives at the finale, Jeff gives the winner like slightly less than a million dollar check just to make up for all the rewards they won. It's like typically the amount of food you ate would cost $250, but we did have to fly it in plus the coolers (laughs) plus the. We included um, 20% tip, of course. (laughs) Of course. Uh, We did learn during this Applebee's meal that Jonathan he says his average meal, we learned Jonathan is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. His average yes. meal is that's what Gemma said. Eggs, yes, nine pieces of cheese and grits. My notes and I wrote, he's fucking Gaston. This is and we had roughly the size of a Bart. <laughs> yeah. We had to pause the episode at this point because Kayla, my wife, just like my wife, uh just could not handle it, just like broke. I had to rewind to be like, did I hear that right? Was that eight or 18? (laughs) I always heard Gaston sing that song. And I was like, okay, four dozen eggs is like ridiculous. Nobody would eat that many eggs. And then Jonathan throws it out here. And I was like, okay, maybe not so ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Disney, you had a point. My, my favorite thing about Gaston is like, uh, he's such a blowhard. He's such an idiot. He's like, Oh, I eat all these, these chickens. And you're like, this guy is so fucking dumb. Like, he's clearly like a Phoenix online idiot, whatever, drop out. And then he says, like, what does he say? He's like, I'm especially good at expectorating. Yeah. It's like, how do you know that word? Hey, how does Gaston <laughs> know that word? 
Did someone feed that to him? What's going on? Probably is uh what's LeFou. LeFou. LeFou helps him out. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Um from Applebee's uh I guess the only other like main thing I wrote down was that Tori is just telling everybody like, hey, nobody on my tribe wants me. So like I'm fair game. Like pick me up. Yeah. I, I will say I'm I was kind of the only uh I always love when they eat food. It's just it's very satisfying. The one thing I was bummed about is every once in a while when they do a, a reward like that, especially when it's tied into a restaurant or whatever uh, branding, they will hide uh, some sort of clue or advantage or immunity thing mm. with amongst the feast. And I'm kind of bummed they didn't do that this time. Oh, we've never seen that happen. That's intriguing. Well, then I just spoiled a couple. No, of no, that's OK. Here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, no, no, no. We're fine with like okay. uh, spoilers about things that could happen. Just like not yeah. who it happens to or when. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's always fun to see someone who they're like past the salad. And then somebody picks up the salad and they're like, I saw a white slip underneath the salad and I didn't know. to, You know, and they and they go to the interview and it's yeah, it's yeah. really fun just to see them try and navigate that while they're in front of everyone eating. It's very funny. Maybe the uh, the Applebee's name tags were actually idols if they would have just stolen one. <laughs> if you would have if you would have cracked the waitress in half, there was a idol inside her. Is your name is your name I immunity? <laughs> <laughs> I'm immunity. Um let's head to Exile and talk about Roxroy just like living his best dad life all alone on Exile Island. This is what Roxroy wanted Survivor to be by himself. No, yes. no strategy just like i can whip up like a kick-ass shelter in like an hour build a fire and it was good wild how quickly he was just like let's get this done and i was like oh my like this guy is incredible yeah he does do uh we used to have um we do like fantasy every season with players and we used to like run our own categories and one of them was we called island living like if any players just like take a break from the game and just like do island living this would have been a perfect example of that of Roxroy just like climbing up on that rock, staring out, like taking in the yeah. sights because he's got keratoconus and like wants to really take in all the views he can before his eyes degrade if they degrade. I uh, oh, does he have like stars guard or something? He said in the episode he has something called keratoconus where his like oh, uh, I missed that his eyes will become like his lenses become like cone shaped and make his vision go blurry. Oh shit! I yeah, I missed that. Yeah, so that's why I, he kept saying like he was meant to be there and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I dated someone for a long time who was their mom had uh, stars guard where it's like I think it like the eyesight goes down to like a pinpoint basically. Mm. And I know that's yeah, just a brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he like does his whole life. He's given us like tips while he's doing it. Like first roll of firewood. If you think you have enough, double it. I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> he also gives lots of really great uh, one liners like holy moly jimney crickets uh-huh he said <laughs> schnikes during the challenge oh that's right schnikes which is a which is a chris farley the that sounds like a like yeah. tommy boy sort of or thing david maybe? spade yeah. yeah holy schnikes uh later in the episode when jeff visits him i love that he's like talking to jeff and he's like listen i know like we're talking but i'm gonna have to pause this and take the rice off in a minute just like so you know <laughs> yeah that's fantastic um here this is like jumping ahead a little bit but with because i figured it's still him on exile we do get the name of the second episode of this two-parter where roxroy is like running through the possibilities of whether he should break it or not and he says it's the devil you do or the devil you don't that's the name of the episode <laughs> which patrick and i talked about last week how that is not what that phrase is yeah i was trying to kind of parse through this phrase and i'm like 
this sounds like a lot of phrases I've heard before, but I've never heard this one. And I don't think I, I don't glean the meaning of it. And to me, it almost, what is the phrase again? Remind me. The, he said the devil you do or the devil you don't. Gotcha. So to me, I immediately thought it was like, it almost sounds like a Victorian curse or something where it's like, I could see some Duke of, you know, of some uh, a county in, in England being like the devil you do, you know, slapping someone across the face oh. or something. <laughs> But I, yeah, I've heard, I'm familiar with like the devil you know versus, uh, what's yeah. the phrase? Yeah, I think it's the devil you know. Or the devil. Devil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was very confused by that, and I was like, maybe I'm out of the loop with uh, colloquialisms. I don't know. I took it the much more vulgar route, and I was like, the devil you do. So it's like you either fuck the devil or you don't fuck the devil. Ooh, I like that. That's going to be trademarked. Thank you, Chris. That's my yeah. new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm going to order a round of shots and be like, I got to fuck the devil. (laughs) You know, the old expression, fucking, fucking old scratch. Yeah. What, uh, what context did he use this phrase in? Like, I think that he meant to say the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't. But like, what? I don't feel like it made sense in context. Yeah. Enough to be the episode title. I think he just was trying to say it's like a hard decision. Like, like. Either way, it's maybe he's trying to say either way. He's like got bad things happening. Like people are going to hate him if he breaks it. People are going to hate him if he doesn't break it. Like, yeah, I took it as like a malpropism of like uh, the devil, you know, versus devil, you don't. And damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I think he mm. kind of oh. I think he portrayed yes. those into a little his own little thing. The damned if you do. Yeah, for sure. That's what he meant. Damned and devil. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you're damned, you go to the devil. Yeah. Um aside from exile like in between his exile stuff we get a little bit back at camp which is mostly just like everybody talking to everybody like we got lots of conversations here hi Lindsay and drea meet up for the first time since the very first episode where they got their advantage amulet that was like hey when you rejoin you get these powers and they talk briefly to be like hey let's not target each other let's just like work together instead and then like hi says separately to camera like i'm pretty sure they're going to target me which i mean that's the nature of survivor i think they do end up, I wrote that down too, but they do end up like actually being part of this much larger alliance. All three of them are part of this alliance that yeah. forms throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and Jonathan have their talk about how they've got a tough life of always being viewed as like the big, tough, dumb guys, um, which like I think was an actual like nice conversation, but it's also like the sort of thing of like, yeah, life's tough as a big, tough white guy. Like, man, <laughs> <laughs> that's like I once saw an interview with Evangeline Lilly, who's one of the leads on Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're big like, Lost fans around here. Oh, good, good. But I remember I I remember this one off five minute interview from like 15, 20 years ago or whatever. And she was just like, I grew up and I was so awkward and I'm still so awkward. And I'm like, I'm so schlubby. And it's like, listen, I can understand you not having confidence because that's mental, not physical. But I'm like, give the rest of us a fucking break. Like you're yeah. a model. Like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, Maybe you had some awkward middle school years, but yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we get, uh, we get a really nice conversation with high and Romeo, um, Romeo talking about like being afraid to come out as gay, especially like to his parts of his family and high talking about like, just, he's like mostly interested to talk to high. Cause he can tell that high doesn't have to hide anything. And here we get the name of the first episode where Romeo says, you can't hide on survivor. Uh, that's I, the name of the episode woo uh so high and romeo are both openly gay uh yes. high yeah on the show well, high on the show. is like in 
his life yes, romeo is not only to like certain members of his family and he talked about how he like, talked about it on the show yeah yeah he talked about how his family is seeing it now and finding out and he's worried about that i and so i i have that right the one thing i couldn't remember was in a previous episode and i i if he's not i'm not trying to uh cast accusations or anything but was did omar come out as uh gay or was he no he uh talks about having a long-term girlfriend of like six years gotcha and this episode talks about how like he is a virgin and that they're saving themselves for marriage gotcha gotcha because there was a there's a moment where they're framing the three of them because omar kind of came over and i was like i can't remember if he's gay or not and i'm like are they trying to frame it as like here's the three uh openly gay or not openly but here's the three gay guys who are like chatting and like commiserate not uh, bonding over this experience this tough uh hurdle in life so I was just uh, trying to remember if he. Had I think, I think it was just uh, high and Romeo having a very nice moment, and then the cameraman was like, "Omar, what are you doing?" He like walks <laughs> into frame, was like, "Hey guys, yeah, <laughs> Omar coming." Um, we do get also in this whole span, um, kind of like the three tribes coming together to form this eight person person alliance, which is like Drea and Roxroy from her tribe, Hi Lydia and Mike from their tribe, and then Jonathan, Omar, and Lindsay from their tribe. Um, as like an eight person alliance which is a huge alliance to have but easy to pick off like the other people to start which we actually find out they pick off one of their own in this episode so (laughs) i uh i was surprised by this because in previous episodes um drea and romeo were like super tight and Mm -hmm. were like leading their tribe and drea is like no i'm gonna choose rocks and romeo's on the outs i saw we didn't get any of that yeah, I saw a theory that like maybe she, you know, still is close to Romeo, but like doesn't want everyone to know that and wants that to be like a secret mm. alliance or something. I don't really buy that. I was really, really confused by this though. Yeah, I don't really buy that either. I think it just feels like there's something with Romeo that like was edited out between him and Drea or something. I don't know. Interesting. And then we kind of. I mean, there's other like talking and stuff, but we mostly head back to the challenge where we find out that Roxroy chose to smash the hourglass. Mm-hmm. Um, it did seem like people were less upset other than Tori. Tori was pretty upset, um, less upset than they were last season. But I think it's just because they theorized that there would be some big change that was happening. Yeah. Um, so that was at least yeah. nice to see. I think that was what made this me like this episode more than I did last season was just that they also seemed less upset by it. Yeah. And and or, here's here's I think where we have that great moment where Tori is like, we sent you to that island knowing you'd have power and like you should be grateful. And it was just like she was twisting it to be mm-hmm. like, what a treat this was for you. And we thought of it as a treat. And now you're backstabbing us when she's just been tearing into him the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah, what a ride. It's like we gave and you like, this power to use and you used it. How dare you? <laughs> I uh I do wonder if other people were also a little pissed by this, but like Adol said earlier, Tori just like is unable to hide it yeah. at all. Uh and just like has to show that she is pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine so. being and, and her job is a therapist. I can't imagine being a therapist and not having control over your facial muscles. Like what that must be a day-to-day challenge. <laughs> yeah, like you're in like a session with somebody and they're just telling you about their life and you're just like visibly reacting to it that can't yes. be great for that person <laughs> um i do love this challenge and which from i heard online or from the 
other podcasts that like this is a challenge that's like semi-regular or has happened before. I just love the it's not strength based. It's not all like puzzle based. It's just like keeping your calm, keeping composure, like stacking the blocks. I really liked it. I like how it like rubber bands itself. So like even if you're in first, you might get knocked off because your tower goes down. So like everybody's got a chance to win at any point. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Tori won, which is not what I was hoping for. But yeah, it made for good TV. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very close. I love this challenge. Did you notice, either of you notice, that when Jeff shows off the immunity necklace before giving it to Tori, it's like, it's not like hanging on something. It's uh, propped up on like a treasure chest. I did. And I, oh, yeah. then he didn't talk about the treasure chest. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I wrote in my notes, what's in the box, Jeff? <laughs> what's in the box? Yeah, I was, I did think he was going to open it and there'd be some sort of like a little buffet in there or something. I was like, oh, that would have been nice for the, yeah. Is there a thing where like, have idols ever been hidden in parts of production rather than like in the woods? I was like, it, could there be an advantage in the box that they just have to like go and ask for? To some degree, yeah. I mean, they've done things where it's like on the challenge course, like under a bench, there's been idols and stuff like that. So I, they've definitely played with production. And there's one thing where it's like, at camp there was a symbol and if you took it out it was a th so they've definitely messed with that but yeah it, it's i think when something's next to jeff like that nobody's gonna lay their hands on it yeah okay um it, it would be very funny if it was a little buffet inside but it was everyone's leftovers i think that would be fun where it's like <laughs> just like it's the like bones. if you want them here's 50 chicken wings that jonathan like went to fucking town on and like if you feel comfortable and safe eating those please do otherwise we toss them well, that would be like uh, we watched season nine um, before the season started airing. Yeah, Vanuatu. And one of the prizes was they get chicken wings and like the couple people that go get the chicken wings bring back wings for others. But then there's like a couple others at camp that they don't like who are out swimming. And so they quickly eat the wings. And when the people come back from swimming, they're like, hey, we brought back these bones for you all to share. And then they all like nom on the bones like it was like the biggest treat ever. I totally forgot about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, so we get some stuff around camp before tribal council, which kind of like bounces around who the target is. They, because going into it, they're like, all right, no matter what happens, it's going to be Tori or Chanel. They can't both have immunity. And then the twist happens and then Tori wins immunity. So it's like, oh shit. Um, and so it's like the people that get talked about are Marianne and then Jonathan, and then eventually Lydia for kind of flipping on the tribe of eight, essentially. Omer does some good work here in like being like, I don't have a vote. And then he like runs this whole thing, it seems like, and gets this to happen for Lydia to get voted off. I really, that that whole chunk really made me like Omar. Where before mm -hmm. I was indifferent, I was like, ooh, he's very good at being like, here's my time to strike. I'm going to put my foot on the gas and do something and make moves and like be, and he was like pretty subtle about, uh, so maybe subtle is the wrong word, but he was pretty efficient about it and like, didn't seem to ruffle too many feathers or anything. Yeah, so he like I really respected that. Lot like not as pushy with it, which was helpful. Mm -hmm. And it was nice. Like there was a quick but nice moment with him and Jonathan, where he like told Jonathan, like, "Hey, they're talking about you." And Jonathan's like, "You need to save me." Like, yeah, and I've did, yeah. I've carried you this far, basically. Like, you need to save me. And then Omar went and got work done. Yeah, it was cool to watch. He does a great thing too, where he like takes this little nugget of truth that like Lydia was considering voting for Jonathan and is like Lydia we can't trust her she's gonna betray us we gotta get rid of her now and just like uh mm -hmm. you know I don't think Lydia actually did something wrong here no no, she no. Was just there's like 
there's always yes there's always people in every season there's always people where it's like they will pounce on anything um so there'll be there'll be seasons where it's like someone will go look for an idol the first week and they don't find it and then they'll think somebody else is looking for it so they'll be like they're looking for an idol we gotta get them out of here it's like you were just looking for the idol everyone's looking for the fucking idol but they will just pounce on whatever it's really it's really fascinating it's really a uh interesting social study yeah chris talks about that specifically a lot of just like everyone's looking for idols so why is it taboo to look for idols yeah it's so weird um yeah so we head to tribal council um i had a question during this tribal council that i know the shot in the dark is new so i don't know if you'll be able to answer this at all or not but like after they do their votes jeff's like does anybody have an idol to play and that's when they reveal shot in the dark could Mm. you reveal the shot do you i guess this will be like a hypothetical do you think you could reveal the shot in the dark find out its results and then play your idol if it didn't come out favorably um hmm like if Marianne was worried she's getting yeah. voted off, like could she have done shot in the dark? It reveals like question. you're not safe. And then she's like, okay, backup plan. Here's my idol. Yeah, that's a great question. To to my limited memory, I, I don't recall that ever happening. But yeah, there might be like a uh an order of there might be like a foil right order, yeah, some order, order of to the math of like if you missed it, then the, then this is the last resort. I feel like you would be allowed to do that. We haven't, I mean, we haven't seen much with immunity idols at all, but we have seen uh, Xander, like, make a fake one last season, and I've heard that, like, people making fake idols is a thing, and I feel like if you had, like, a real idol and a fake idol, and you try to play your fake, and Jeff said no, you would still be allowed to play your real one, I would think. Yeah, I think that is a, yes, that's... I guess I never... Loophole, but yeah, that's definitely... I never thought the fakes were made to try to, like... I can't imagine you try to that anybody tries to play a fake to Jeff. Does that happen? Oh yeah. Oh, I always thought it was just to like fuck with other people to make them think you had an idol so they don't want to vote for you. Oh, I never knew they tried to fool Jeff. That's fantastic. It's the the fake idol um the the introduction of that gameplay is has made the game so much better. I I love seeing what people do. And sometimes it's like people are like clearly this is the fucking rinky dinkiest shit I've ever seen. And then there's some people where it's like they're utterly convinced that that's an idol and then, yeah. and then they make moves with that uh, with that thought process. It's very fascinating. And Chris, I think it's less that they are trying to fool Jeff that it's an idol and more of like, hey, Chris, I found this idol, but I'll give it to you in exchange for this favor. And then you play it thinking that I found an idol, but it's not a real idol. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. They never they never think they can fool Jeff. They're they're they just oh, okay. play it to Jeff thinking it's real. There, there's gotcha. people. Okay. I, I thought you I thought you said nobody thinks it's actually real. There are players who think what they have is actually real and then they give it to Jeff. But Jeff Jeff can't I mean Jeff okay. that makes more sense. I Jeff thought you were, yeah, I thought you were saying people like no, no, mimic one and be like, Jeff, here's one of your idols. And uh, like, no, I misunderstood. Oh, yeah. That would be wild if it's like the production crew will not step in and Jeff has to like almost like an art house dealer where it's like you have to is this a real Saison? <laughs> like <laughs> you tell us. Oh, that man. would be excellent. <laughs> um so with this tribal council we get to uh i mean we get a whole spread of votes from this it comes out six two two one which is well there's a something we talk about every week of votagami i don't know if you're familiar with scoreagami for like football scores so there's a account of somebody who like keeps track of all the like unique football scores and every time there's a new one that happens it's called scoreagami so like the score like 23 six 
well, that's probably happened a lot, but like if that had never happened before, that'd be called a scoreigami. So somebody else made a list of all the different vote outcomes and they're called votagamis. Um, this one was not one, but it did just happen recently. The first time it happened was last season when Tiffany got voted out a six, two, two, one. Um, yeah. So Lydia is gone. So we're down to 11 people. And can uh, I say Lyd- Lydia exiting, looking like everyone's favorite substitute art teacher. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved Lydia. She, yeah. she was great. Her yeah. wardrobe was just chef kiss. Like mm-hmm. Gemma and I were just like, this is that outfit is outstanding. She looks exactly like, uh, an art teacher she has a pretty funny uh twitter account where she like tweets along with episodes and talks about how she has like the biggest juiciest ass on survivor and she's very funny her twitter handle is lydia chlamydia (laughs) outstanding so she clearly has a sense of humor hopefully or else or else i'm very sorry (laughs) well i'm very sorry for her uh, current situation yeah she uh all of the people as they get voted out do an interview with a weekly and one of the things that I wanted to highlight from her interview is that um, they they asked if there was any like particularly beautiful moment that she experienced on Survivor. And she talks about this one night when she got to like really look at the stars and they're really pretty as she was shitting after being constipated for a while, uh, which was just like really excellent. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Got to take it all in as you're letting it all out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The stars at night when you're shitting tight. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Deep in the heart of Fiji. Um, all right. So we should name an MVP for the episode. So we'll, we'll each, we'll do it like all at once. So we can't like steal each other's ideas here. But uh, yeah. We, uh, real quick, sorry, we skipped past it. That 6221 was really weird. Uh, oh, yeah. So there were six for Lydia. Um, but true boy, I have this in my notes. Uh, Rock the only- Rocks Roy voted for Lindsay, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, which With, I have like theory. the wildest guess as to how to spell Lindsay I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was like L Y N Z E or something like that. <laughs> I have a theory that he meant to vote for Lydia, but like because he was exiled, barely met either one of them and kind of forgot who he was supposed to vote for and just combined their names i saw that theory online too and i could like with the ly at the beginning he's just like oh shit oh i don't remember yeah. <laughs> i uh, think if, if if memory serves uh legends of the hidden temple i believe there was a time at least once where someone purposely misspelled someone's name and they were like i think they had been close to them or at one point was involved with them and they knew their they had like bonded or whatever uh, but they purposely spelled their name so that if, if the person didn't go home and Jeff showed the the paper, they wouldn't think it was them that voted for him. If that makes that's sense, smart. Yeah, 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 that's really smart. Yeah, uh, we also see Chanel and Tori, who are the people who are like on the outs from everybody, vote for Jonathan, and then Romeo and Lydia. Uh, yes, Romeo and Lydia vote for Marianne. Oh, my, I have written down Romeo and Marianne voted Lydia, and I was like, that's not right. Um, yeah. So when we pick MVPs for the episode, um. It can be based off 40 you want, like, because they did well in challenges, good strategy, they uplifted their tribe, like, any sort of reason. Um, I think I got it. If I if, if we're going, I think I have to say Omar. I think this episode, I think Omar, I was indifferent about. Uh, I had nothing but apathy towards Omar. And then this episode, I was like, he's likable. He's charming. He 
pulled some strings with a lot of people and got what he wanted and helped out Jonathan, who I, I like Jonathan. I want him to stay around. So he helped someone already want to stay for longer. So I, I think Omar for me would be the, the, what I walked away kind of remembering the best and, and uh, feeling most uh, surprised and invigorated. Nice. I, I like that. Yeah. That's who I was going to say too. Um, for all of those same reasons, but also without having a vote. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. He did all of that without being able to influence him, influence it uh, at tribal council. Yeah. I think I'm going to say Mike. I really, really like stuck with me how he didn't give up in the big boulder challenge, like get helping Dre get up. And then like um, he like has somebody else like hop down at one point. He's like, all right, we got to start from scratch. Like Romeo, oh, yeah. you come down. I'll be able to get you up easier. Like let's go from. And that was just like really nice to see. Plus he had some good conversations with people throughout the episode. I, I, every time I, he's on screen, I keep thinking he's going to be like, get your hands up rock. Like, <laughs> um, where are you speaking of R Rocky Balboa? Are you two, where are you two from? Uh, we're both from central Ohio, Ohio actually okay. like Columbus area, which I think you've said that you're are in that area too, or yeah, from I that used, area. Originally. I used yeah. to live there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think maybe it was Chris. You said a word and I was like, I think they might be from Philadelphia. Just the way you, you, oh. you said an O in a certain way. And I was like, he might, I think he's from Philadelphia. No, but Ohio's I, not too far away. Yeah, I was so we're both from Ohio. I moved to Seattle uh, two years ago, and that so is. I've been there. I'm here since, but Patrick's still in Ohio. How are you affording it is what I want to know. Um, okay. It, I feel like Seattle is like outpriced uh, San Francisco almost. Right? It is or very it's, it's expensive. Um, I'm a, I switched from being a public school teacher to a private school teacher, so that helped. That did it. <laughs> uh, also live in a house with like two roommates. That helps a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple things before we wrap up predictions, we always try to do, who do you think will be voted off next, next episode? Who's next? I think, uh, I think Tori for whatever reason is going to stick around just because Tori is inevitable. I think Marianne is the next to go. I think what Chris, what you were, I think it was, you were, were pointing out of like, she's getting more and more sort of brazen and sassy mm -hmm. and everything. I think by next episode, she's going to fully kind of crack and be like kind of telling off people or whatever it is. And I think people are going to be like, we've had enough uh, and, her, and her energy. Uh, God bless her energy, but it, it takes up a lot of space. So I think people are going to be more wanting to take that her out first versus Tori. Or I think uh, I like that. I think I'm going to go with Chanel. I still like I agree with the Tory thing. Like I Tory, even though she was on the chopping block, I feel like the edit kind of made her seem like a villain that's gonna stay around a little longer. And so I don't yeah. see her going right away. And um, I think Tori is someone where it's like one, she's good for ratings, so they might they might do something to help her stick around. Yeah, I guess. If that's to who knows what production uh, has involvement in. Um, but I feel like she's kind of non-threatening enough to just kind of people might take her to the end because she's because a lot of people are already starting to dislike her that might be smart to take her to the end so she doesn't get the votes i guess yeah uh, i Patrick. think that i think that both of those reasonings sound great and i considered both of those people however they were both mentioned as being possibly in danger in the next time on survivor and i like have a theory that those people are always safe mm. uh <laughs> interesting so yeah, I'm the next time on Survivor mentioned hi Chanel, Marianne, Romeo, and Tori. It mentioned a lot of people. And I was like, oh man, I don't know if all those people can be safe, but it maybe. was a lot of people. I'm gonna say Lindsay because uh 
I feel like she has been like one of the least edited people so far. And I think they might be kind of doing a trick. Like, I love all of these people who are left. And I feel like I would have loved Lydia, but like, we just didn't see her very much. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's in part why. And so, you know, just reading into the, the edgic editing logic a little bit of, right. Uh, Next prediction real quick, just gut reaction. Who is going to say the name of next week's title or episode? It's called, you better be wearing a seatbelt. Who's going to say that? I I got to go with my boy, Mike. I think that's a Mike line. I think it's going to be Jeff. He occasionally will do it. I think it's going to be him this time. I can almost I can almost close my eyes and hear Mike say it in that beautiful <laughs> New York accent of like, you better be wearing a seatbelt. And he's a fireman, so he's concerned with safety. <laughs> I, it, I, I feel like that's that's a loose connection there. Let's do let's all verbal agreement. Let's all say we'll Venmo. So I say Mike. Who did you say, Chris? Jeff. You said Jeff. Uh, who'd you say, Patrick? I said Marianne. So let's winner will get Venmoed by the others. One dollar. Yeah, I'm down for that. Sure. Okay. And if nobody wins, then nobody gets the money. Um, and then la- final prediction is the bigger one of who do you think the final three are going to be? So Patrick and I do this every episode and yeah. we have a thing where like the gamblers in us, once we get it, like if nobody has messed it up, we just keep it rolling no matter how wild it seems. So like I've had the same one since the first episode, which was Drea, Tori and High. And Patrick has had the same one for a while, which is Drea, Omer, and High. And so I'm going to roll with mine because it hasn't changed yet. So I don't want to mess it up. Mm, I think those are good. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say Mike. I'm going to say I like High, but I feel like he sometimes he plays too hard where he kind of puts his neck out a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is going to as it as the ranks dwindle down, that's going to be very noticeable and people are going to not put up with that. So I'm going to say Mike, Romeo, and I'm going to say Tori. I'm going to say people take Tori to the end because they know she won't get the votes. So Mike, Romeo, Tori. Why Romeo? Romeo, I think he's, I think he's in like the background enough to where he's not, I don't think, are people threatened by him or like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, in the background, he's not part of like that big now seven person alliance. So as long yeah. as he can be like not the number one radar, he might be able to stick around and shake things up. Yeah, I think he's going to turn on the personal game stuff to mm-hmm. like connect with people. Whereas I feel like I feel like High can do that, but I, again, I feel like High is getting a little annoyed with people, and he's starting to to reveal his sort of soft belly, uh, exposing it a little bit to where he's going to make himself a target eventually. Kind of yeah. like what I assume Marianne's going to do next episode is like just kind of snap and and put herself out there to where they they can't help but vote for voter up yeah i i can see that i also can't believe that we didn't mention this that uh high talked about how he went to rock how he was willing to go for two rocks for lydia uh and he was like and i'll do that for you to like show that he's a loyal person and mike <laughs> also said that he would die for lydia and then both of them voted for her yeah that's survivor words, words mean nothing yeah. So I could see people turning on high because like, okay, I can't trust you at all yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I, I think uh, also this season, more so than most seasons or maybe any season, it just feels like there's not a every night at tribal council. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Where before, I mean, typically a lot of seasons, you know, who's going home or yeah. you have a good guess. I feel like personally, and maybe it's because I'm not 
maybe it's because I'm half on my phone, half watching this season, but I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. So I, that's why I'm like someone like Romeo could just skate by and then suddenly boom, he's in the final, whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just feels like nobody has a strong grasp on the game right now. It just feels like everyone's kind of willing to make wild swings and, and hope they connect. Yeah. Um, all right. Final question for you before we close things out. Would you ever like to be on the show Survivor? Um, I here I would. I think I would prefer Big Brother. I would, but I would also definitely do Survivor. And I think I would be someone who I would probably purposely try and get out pretty early, just to be like, just to be like I did it, and like get my goofs and gags in, and like riff on, you know, like make be yeah. like, oh, they'll be like Adorify podcaster, and people will be like, what is this guy? And so I can kind of. I can fly under the radar where everyone sort of uh, uh, doubts me or, or um, play, plays. The, I, I play down any capabilities I have, which is very minimal. But I think I would purposely get out because there's no way I'm lasting that whole time without eating. So I think I think week one, I'm going to make myself a target or I'm going to make a move to be to to seal my fate. So I feel, that, I feel like that turns into like a TV or movie where it's like this guy is clearly trying to get out. He's up to something. We can't vote him off. And yeah. Just like last longer. And you're like, I'm so hungry. Just vote me yeah. off. I, I feel like it's I feel like it would almost be reverse psychology that worked where it's yeah. like I come in the game and like as soon as we get to our camp, I'm like, hey, real quick tonight, vote me out, please. <laughs> Like, vote me out. And they'll be like, come on, stop it. And I'm like, I am dead serious. Please vote me out. And they'll be like, well, we're not voting him out because he wants it too bad. Yeah, They're like, there must be some new twist he found that if he gets yeah, voted yeah. out, he gets <laughs> all the gold. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for it. having me. Yes. We've been. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so uh, much. Listeners thank you guys. Hey, Riddle Riddle for a long time. And so this is a big deal for us. Thanks for listening, guys um do you have anything you want to like plug or any recommendations um you can check out yes check out hey riddle riddle i also do another podcast called it's an improvised fantasy show called hello from the magic tavern and uh if you're ever in chicago get a hold of me and let me know if you need any recommendations or anything all right fantastic patrick you got any recommendations yeah uh i'm gonna recommend escape this podcast which is one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to a lot. And coincidentally, Adel guested on that one recently too. Oh um, yeah. I was just on with uh little Janet Varney. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's another favorite of mine. So uh, yeah, it's, they do escape rooms over podcast essentially. Um, and it's excellent. If you want to hear Adel play a dog, go listen to that episode. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm going to recommend the show on Netflix that I've been binging called old enough. Yeah, watched it. It is fantastic. The nicest show. It's just the kids are adorable. If you're not familiar with it, it's a Japanese show where they send kids who are like two or three or four years old out on an errand and film it happening. And the errand is usually pretty simple, mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit more elaborate, but it's like walk down the street to the store and buy milk and just watch what happens. And it's <laughs> wonderful. It is delightful. Yeah, I saw the first episode after you were talking about it the other day. It's awesome. Yeah, and they're just like tiny good bites. They're like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. You'll right. laugh, you'll cry. No, yeah, so good. Uh, all right, cool. Very good. Um, so, um, uh, listeners, if you want to reach out, questions, comments, anything like that, email us at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com um, or tweet at us at tribalcouncil20. And for this week of Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. 
this is Adol anticipating his $2 Venmo to him next week. <laughs> and the tribe has spoken. Oe, 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 oe.